You are listening to the Central Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Hi, I'm Pastor Adam Burton, and thank you for tuning in to this week's message. Before we get to it, though, I would love for you to join us for Church Online each Sunday morning at 1045. You can watch on our website at cbcmaysville.com or on our Facebook page at Central Baptist Church. Also, if you are local, we would love for you to join us in person each Sunday at 1045. We are located right on the banks of the Ohio River in the east end of Maysville, Kentucky at 437 Central Avenue. If we can pray for you, reach out to us on our website at cbcmaysville.com or on our prayer hotline. That number is 305-707-PRAY. That's 305-707-7729. I hope you enjoy this message. Over these last several weeks, uh, we've been uh, going through uh, different ways that that God uh, speaks to us. We have already looked at how God speaks to us through through prayer, that God speaks to us through His Word. Uh, This morning, we're going to see how God speaks to us through circumstances, and next week, we're going to see, come to the the culmination of how God speaks through, through His church. And uh, I want to just start with a, a question for you to, uh, to think about. And I want you to be, uh, be thinking about throughout the entirety of this message as we come to, to its conclusion. But is, is how has God spoken to you in your life? How has God spoken to you and hopefully continues to speak to you? Through your life. Now, last week we uh, used the story of a, a, a father, a school teacher father, and his young twelve-year-old son. They're going on a on a, a kind of a rite of passage trip as this boy enters from goes from being a a child into uh, teenage years, and uh, and in the beginning of that that trip, we they, they spend the time looking at 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 prayer. And this morning we're going to. Continue on in that scene of this uh, great uh, father-son excursion, um, but it's going to take a, a different turn this morning. At the end of of last week's message, the uh, the father and the son had a great conversation of of how God speaks to through prayer. The little boy was never taught in his mind, how to pray. And so the father had, had uh, used the, the Lord's Prayer, I taught him Matthew, uh, to teach his young son how to pray. And so they, they finally make it to their, their campsite, and that night they have the, the fire going, and they're just chatting about uh, football and all of the just uh, you know, things that fathers and sons like to have fun talking about. And they, they go into their tents, and they, and they go to get some rest for the, the next morning. They're, they're going on their whitewater rafting excursion. And so he's the, the sun begins to, to rise. The, the, the father comes out of his out of his tent, and he's going to get ready to um, get some, some breakfast going on, on the fire. And but when he comes out of the tent, he sees his, his son sitting over in the, in the chair next. He's already got the fire going. And he sees the little son's Bible open in his lap. And he's like, wow, this is probably the first time that I've ever seen you Rise before I have. And he said, like, well, 
He said it was hard to sleep, you know, it was all of the sounds and just not knowing what, I didn't sleep very well, but you know what, after a conversation yesterday on prayer, I, you know what, I thought the best thing for me to do was to start our day in praying. And he said, I can't tell you that how, how just life-changing it was, just kind of using the how Jesus taught His disciples in the, the Lord's Prayer how to pray. He said, you know, <laughs> most of the time when I, I pray, I just kind of just go through the list of things, and then in just a couple of moments, I'm done, and it's, it's, it, it, it's like I haven't spent any time in prayer at all. But, but Dad has a, just kind of been using the Bible to pray through. I've already been here 15 minutes, and I've still got more left to pray. Dad was just, I mean, just blown away uh, on two fronts. One, that, that his son would actually take the initiative to, to go. He didn't have to force him to, to do something. Any, any parents of teenagers out there ever have to uh, force your child to do anything, right? But, but even more so, that his son was becoming the man of God that he had been praying Long before he was he was ever born. And so, you know what the dad does is he he joins his son, and he says, "Son, why don't would it be okay if we we finish our prayer time together?" And so dad was like, "Son was like, well, that's a little weird, Dad. We've never really done that a lot before, other than you know meals and special occasions and kind of things." And his dad said, "I know, but." But hey, there's always a, a, the right time to, to start something new. And so as the, as the father sits next to his son, they kind of share the, the Bible and they continue to, to pray through the words of, of Scripture. After a hearty breakfast, they, they uh, go down to the, uh, to the, the rapids where they're going to ride some white water uh, rapids. They go to the tour, they get signed in, and they, you know, if you've ever been whitewater rafting, you have to, it seems like you have to sign your life away, all of the, the release forms and everything. And then, then you have to go to the, um, to the zone where everybody gets fitted for the life vest, and you have to make sure the helmet fits nice and snug. And like, you know, dad was like, you know, back in the in our day, we'd go play in the creek, and sometimes the rapids were, we, we didn't even have shoes on. And, but safety first, right? And, and so they, they do that. They, they meet their tour guide. It was a young college student for the summer, was uh, going to make some, uh, just make some extra money. But as they, they go, he, he says, man, today's going to be a great day. The water is high. The rapids are rolling. You're going to have so much fun. And so they... They get into the uh, get into the raft and they're they're going down and the being the, the son's first time white water rafting and he's like they hit some waves and like it's almost like creek water he's like this is this is all there there is and and then the, the guy said oh hey just wait the the big rapids are, are down at the end and you know a little boy twelve years old he's got everything figured out football player strong you know he's he's like I can handle anything anything given to me. But as they come around, they get to the end and, and you see those, those big rapids. They're, they're, the water is just, is just splashing up over the rocks and it's just, it looks really, really exciting. But, but then they, they go and the, and, the, and the raft, it comes down and then they, when they hit one of those raves, they, the boat almost kind of comes 
up like this. And, and as it goes down, they splash water on everybody. And then the boat comes, comes up. And, and like, man, we made it through this. But as the father began to look around, he didn't see his son on the raft. In a panic, he's like, where's, where's my boy? Where, where, where is he? And, and they, they, they look around and they don't, they, don't, they don't see any of those yellow helmets bobbing in the water. And, and so he, he just frantically, he's yelling at the guy, we've got to find him, we've got to get out. And we got. And he's like, no, you can't get out. You're, you're going to find yourself in this thing. Just, just wait a moment. He'll surface up. We've, I've seen this before. And so then they see the sun, his head's kind of bobbing up and down as he comes to surface a little ways from the raft. And the dad sees, he's like, yeah, we need to go, go over there. And, he, and, he's, and he's screaming at the, the guy to tell him that, that you've got to go over there. You've got to go save my, my son. And, and there's this other gentleman in the raft. He's a, a young fellow with some friends and he himself is rather large, a figure, and he's trying to calm down. And he's like, sir, you, you've got to calm down. Let them, let them do their, their job. And, and the dad's like, you don't understand. That's my, that's my boy. We go, Bodybuilder kind of a guy says, sir, if you don't calm down, you're going to end up in the water just like him. <laughs> so the tour guide, he, he does what he was trained to do. They, they, they kind of angle the boat over to where the sun would be floating down, and, and he reaches down and, and helps it to pull him, pull him ashore. <laughs> the sun's just gasping for breath, and he's like, whoa, I, I, I thought I saw my life flash before my eyes. I didn't know if I was was going to, to make it. And the dad was just hugging his son, very grateful. And as they come to the, the calm waters at the end of, at the end of, the, uh, of their tour, they get out of, out of the boat and the, the dad thanks the, uh, the guide and he kind of apologizes for the, the way that he acted. And the young college student said, hey, that's okay. You know, I've seen a lot worse than that. But I can understand how scary it would be to to lose one of, your own, one of your own children. Thankfully, the, other than just kind of the, the shock of, of being flipped out of, of the boat, there was no, you know, no, uh, any injury caused to, to the son. He was able to get out to, uh, to walk back, and they get to their, to their car, and they're driving back to the, to the campsite uh, to, to rest for the rest of, of the day. And a boy looks at, at his dad and said, Dad, do you think that God was watching out for me today? Dad is a little perplexed. It's a very deep question that a 12-year-old might, might ask, but realizing that, you know what, in his mind he was risking death. Dad said, well, what do you mean that God was, was watching out for me? And he said, well, I mean, I... I was the only, I was flipped out of the, that boat and I could have died, but I was, I was saved. Do you think that God, God saved me? The dad said, well, yes and, and, and no. It depends on, on how we look at it. And he said, sure, I, I believe that, that God is, is over us. That he, that he cares for us, that He is always watching out for us, and He has our, our best interest at, at heart. But, but son, we also took the right precautions, right? He's like, I don't, I don't get what you mean, Dad. And he said, well, 
You know, you had a helmet on that protected your head. You had a life vest on that would keep you buoyant so that you you wouldn't sink. We were with a, a, a trained tour guide who knew how to rescue people out of, out of the water. And he said, so, in the sense, well, those things protected you and saved your life. The boy's like, yeah, I get that, but, man, but what if the, all of that didn't work out? What if the helmet didn't act the way it was or the, the life vest came off or, or something crazy happened? And that said, well, I mean, there's always the what if. There's always the exception. He said, but the beautiful thing about how God works in creation is, is, is one, he, he works through the natural order. For God is a, a God of, of order. And, and so he has given us safety. He's given us things that uh, would, would keep us secure here on, on our things that we should, we should do. And that's, you know, we, we always think, you know, when you're young, having to ride your bike, why do I need to wear a helmet? It doesn't look cool. It gets me hot. My head gets sweaty. But, but as we've seen, helmets protect our, our heads. Did you realize that back in the day in, in football, when your, when your grandfather played football, they didn't wear football helmets. They wore leather, you know, those leather things. And, and he, you know how he's a little out there? You know, I'm just saying, you know. Uh, you know. He said, so God, the very fact that we have the ability to do these things is a gift from God. And he said, but I also believe that God works in the supernatural as well. The little boy is like, well, what do you mean the... the the, the, the supernatural. I mean, how does, how does God work? I, I don't really understand the supernatural. It's kind of, isn't that kind of, kind of weird? And it's like, well, it's weird in the sense that it's not natural. It's supernatural. But, but that's one aspect of being a follower of Jesus that we, we trust in. And it was like, can, can you explain that to me? And the dad says, well, one of my favorite Verses or passages in, in the Bible comes in, in John chapter in John chapter five when 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 Jesus goes to uh, to the healing pool and it's on the, the the Sabbath day and you know they're not supposed to do any work on the on the, the Sabbath day but but there was a, at this pool right and it's uh, called the there by the, the the sheep gate the the pool of Bethesda. And this is where all of the outcast people, the people that, that were blind, the people that couldn't walk, the people that, were, that, that really were beyond hope. It was the place, sadly, where they went to beg and beg, most of them, until they, until they died. But Jesus went there. He said that one man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. Jesus saw him there and he knew he'd been there a long time. And, and you know what? A lot of the people were going to Jesus to be healed. 
You know, a lot of people were seeking out Jesus, but this is a little different. Jesus went to him. And he looks at the man and he tells him, he says, Sir, do, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered and he said, God, I don't have anybody to put me in this pool that's gonna, that it's going to heal me into the water stirred up. And, and every time I get up to try to go, somebody else beats me to it and they, and they take my place. But listen to what Jesus told him. He says, get up, take up your bed, and walk. Dad asked the boy, what happened? He's like, well, I guess. The man got up, took his bed, and, and walked. He said, yeah, that's exactly what happened. For Jesus was there, and he did what was not natural. That man was not expecting that day to be up and walk. Can you imagine day after day just sitting there hoping that he could make it into this water that really had no power anyway, but yet this man, Jesus, comes to him and asks him if he wants to be healed. And he's like, yes! Of course he wanted to be healed. You know, I wonder in the back of my mind, is like, is this guy for real or is he just some other quack out there? But he healed him. And so we see, this is just one example of, of many throughout Scripture where, where God, in this case through Jesus, does the miraculous. Little boy's like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I see that. So, so God sought this man out and, and healed him outside of the, the, the normal, you're saying the natural realm. He said, yeah, you're, you're beginning to, to get it. But the boy, being kind of quick-witted as he's even in his young age, said, but, but what about all of those times where people ask for healing all of those other people there that, that didn't get, get healed, right? They, they too sought healing. They wanted to, to be healed. They, they, they wanted, you know, to be able to be cured from their disease or their sickness. You know, why couldn't they be healed? And the dad said, well, I could understand, you know, your, your thinking there. And actually, that's a pretty, pretty smart way to process that is that, you know, there are some that God chooses to heal and others that, that don't seek healing or that do not receive healing. And, you know, for us, that can be tough not to understand, but really to emotionally to, 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 to grasp. And, and he said, but, and, and, and he said, well, the, a couple of things that, that, that can kind of help us is one is to understand in Scripture, the healings, uh, the supernatural works of, of God, for, for really the, the reason that Jesus healed, the reason that He did those miracles was so that people would believe in Him. You know, so that people would, would believe in Him, right? You know, and, and, and so we, we see, if you remember back into the... Uh, 
um, back when, when Jesus healed his best friend Lazarus. You remember that story? And I was, yeah, yeah, we all taught, taught, learned that a lot in, in Sunday school. Right? I mean, how cool is it that, that this man Lazarus was dead for days and Jesus just yells at him, come on out, Lazarus. And Lazarus just, he comes right on out. And as he's, and he said, but the reason he did that, and if we were to continue to read, it says that many people believed. The boy's like, okay, I, I get that. So the main purpose for the supernatural, the main purpose for Jesus to, to, to kind of to do the miraculous to, is, is, to, is so that people would, would believe in him. But it still doesn't satisfy. Why do certain things happen to some people, but not certain things happen to, to others? And the dad said, well, he said, I struggled with that myself. You know, especially when, you know, what your grandparents were, were struggling health-wise. And, you know, it, they, sadly, they, you know, they died kind of young compared to other people that had long, full lives. And, and I did. I, I really wrestled with, with that. Why would, you know, God allow this to have but you know, he spares others. And, and what happened, you know, our, our pastor in that time came and, and he spoke to me and he gave me some really good advice that I think would really help you. And he said, when we're, we're struggling with our faith, right? That faith is just believing in, in, in God that he, and, and trusting in why he does certain things that, that he, he does. Is... The first thing is we need to, to, to kind of line up things in, in proper order. It's like, okay. And I said, the first thing is that we must do is, is not view God based on our current circumstances. It's like, well, okay, I don't get that because, right, we, all we can view is where we are. And he said, well, no, we, we need to view God who is according to, and to what the Bible says that, that, that he is. For, you know, if we just based on, on God, based on our circumstances, then guess what? When good things happen, we would expect that God is what? He is good. But when bad things happen to us, what would we expect? Well, that God is bad. He said, that's right. And so he said, first and foremost, we must recognize that God, who God is. That God is loving. He is rich in mercy. He is slow to anger. And he said, so when we when we realize that that is who God is, then the next thing that we must do is try to figure out how do our, our circumstances fit in, into that. And he said, be honest, and, and your grandparents, I still really don't understand the why. I don't know why they had to suffer like they did. I don't know why they died young, like, unlike many other people 
do. And you know, I heard people say, well, you, they lived good lives, and, and others would say, but you know, think about uh, those that their lives were taken even younger, had it worse, and I'll be honest, that didn't, that sure didn't make me feel any better. But he said, when I focus not on my circumstances, not on the problems that I was facing, but when I focused on God first, he said, I didn't understand it. I didn't really, I didn't get the answer to the why it had to, to happen this way. But I trusted in the God who knows ways that are not my ways. A God who, who, who brings comfort and peace far greater than any daily challenges that I might face. The big ones and the little ones. And he said, you know what, I don't know if this is the only reason, but through that time of of difficulty. I felt closer to God and I grew in my faith more in those dark days than I ever had in the greatest of days. Little boys, uh, yeah, wow, Dad, I never really, I never thought of it like that. You know, I was young when Grandma and Grandpa died, and, you know, I was sad, right? But, but I never really, really thought of it like, like that. He said, so, so, yeah, God does. He does speak to us through the, our, 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 our circumstances. And, and, uh, and, and, yes, He is even at work, even in the, the difficult and in challenging times. But his son, dad said to the, to the son, you know, there's, there's a kind of a, a, a line of thought that, that, that says really that, you know what, if God's in control, then what good is it? What does it matter? Why should I do anything, right? I mean, you know, why should I, we take care of our, our bodies or in the case of you know, riding our bicycles, wear a, a helmet or look both ways when, when crossing the street, right? Whatever's going to happen is going to happen, right? Boys, yeah, I've, I've heard that. I've heard that before. And dad said, but that's not what the Bible, the Bible teaches. Dad looked at the boy. He said, imagine what would have happened today if we went whitewater rafting and, and you didn't put on a helmet. Or maybe you're like, you know what? I know how to swim. I don't need a life vest. The boy said, well, there were scuff marks on that helmet from where I, I would assume I, I hit the rocks. Dad said, could you imagine what that would have done to your head had you not done what you were supposed to do. But Dad also said that, you know what, I, I think that the way things had, had happened, that obviously God's hand wasn't, and He was not, not done, done with you yet. 
But the dad said, kind of, you know, we've been talking about really deep things on, on how God would, would speak to us through our, our life. But you know what? God works in our life in the just the, the normal everyday decisions that we that we make. And the boy's like, what do you what do you mean? And and the dad said, well, you know, uh, you know, there's uh, part of the thing about growing up is is as you you get older, there's certain decisions that, that that you would have to make that could you know change the course of your life or your your family. Right? You're kind of getting to the age of you know what where you, you know you might start noticing the girls and it's like oh dad stop that you know they got cooties all the, you know uh, you're like yeah yeah okay yeah think that and and he said but you know a lot of times we we kind of just kind of just take the decisions and we just just try to do what's the best we think right then and there but he said the good news is that that the bible gives us instruction for for how we are to to make choices and i would contend that god speaks to us in those in those ways and he's like what okay what do you what do you mean by by that and he said well let's say that you're you know it's uh um you got your your football game coming up on this weekend and you know the team that you're going to be playing is is a pretty tough opponent. You're all going to have to be on your A game. And you're, you're probably going to have to outsmart the other team. You kind of know how they play, some of their, their, their sneakiness that they do. And so what part of, part of uh, being a, a good football player, being a good team, is, is you have to anticipate what might, what might happen. And, and also you have to prepare in order to go out and play the game. He's like, yeah, coach keeps telling us that all the time. He says, you know what, you guys got to use your heads. You can't just go out there and rely on instinct. And he's like, well, yeah, he's exactly right. And he said, and so what you do is you come up with a game plan. Right? And so you kind of think about all the things that would work, think about the things that don't work, and then you, and then you go and you try to execute the best plan that you have. He said, now, with life and, and being a follower of Jesus, we're to do that as, as well. You know, a lot of decisions that we make, you know, we kind of have to, to see, all right, make sure that they're wise decisions and, and try to avoid the, the unwise decisions. Now, he said, let me give you some very uh, practical advice here, but also very important. Because whatever decision that you are, if you, that, that you are to make, Know this, take it to the bank, that God will never cause you or tell you to sin. Not only that, nor will He bless any decision that you make to, to sin. It's like, okay, I don't know what you mean by that. And he said, well, you know, some people talk about, you know, God speaking through, He opens doors for us, and then, you know, He closes. So if the door is open, then that means that God is, 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 is telling us that we need to, to walk through that door. Or if the door closes, then it means, well, God saying, no, stay away, right? And he's like, yeah. And I said, you know, that works sometimes, but we have to be, we have to be careful. He's like, you remember the story of David in the Bible? He's like, Yeah. Another one of those we talk a lot about in Sunday school. David was the king, right? And, and his army went out to war, but he stayed back. And, and guess what? And a door opened for him to go and to, 
have a, a, a sinful relationship with, with Bathsheba. I said, yeah. All right, that door was open. And guess what? David walked right through that door. And he said, not only was it sinful, but David, David was, was punished for his sin. I said, wow, I never thought of it like that. You know, a lot of people that said, you know, if they, it's like we just go through our lives and we just want to do, we do it. And then we find ourselves in a predicament and then we go to God. And it's like, God, just please fix our mess. <laughs> but true wisdom, true, true following of Christ means that we, we seek God's will before we walk down that road and, and we resist the temptation to, to sin. He said, but on the flip side of that is sometimes the doors are closed for us and, and we think that, well, because it's hard and I can't get, you know, I don't know if it's going to work, that I should just leave it alone. And he said, that's, that's not true either. He said, look at the Apostle Paul. He said, probably the greatest missionary in the world. And he said, time after time, again, he was met by roadblock by roadblock. People told him, you need to stop speaking about Jesus. And it would have been easy. Honestly, that would have been the smart thing to do if he was just using worldly wisdom. But the Apostle Paul, as he wrote, he pressed on toward the goal to win the prize for which Christ had, had called him to. You know what that prize was? The boy's like, oh, I don't know. He said, didn't he die? Yes, earthly, his body died. He was killed because of following Jesus. But his reward is in heaven. So, boys, I, okay, I get that. I'm not to, just because something's out there, it's open, it may not necessarily be of God. They said, but then if the door is closed, then... It may still be of God. It's like, yeah. But the boy said, how am I supposed to know? And he said, that's where true wisdom comes into play. So the dad says, look, God is never going to tell you to do something that is contrary to His Word. He's never going to tell you to go against the commands that he lays out in Scripture. But it's also important to have good other Christian people that you can trust to, to seek guidance and to seek wisdom from. So, you know, at your age, I, I, I hope that you would feel comfortable coming to, to me or your mother. He said, I think it's important to have, whether it's your youth minister or your Sunday school teacher, you know, somebody at, at church to have them to just to, you know, to, 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 to ask. And, and he said, the reason is, is one, that we've been following Jesus longer than you have and we've experienced a lot. And we could probably help you avoid a lot of 
of heartache. And he said, but more than, than that, I said, I think the, the enemy, Satan, is like, oh, you mean, you know, pitchfork, Jesus, it's like, no, the devil's far more, far more deceptive than, than that. Now, the devil's one of those that when you're alone and, and that door opens wide and he's saying, look, that's God speaking to you. Like, well, no, I, I would know. I would know when it's right and wrong. He said, you remember the story of Adam and Eve in the Bible? And he's like, yeah, Adam and Eve, right? They ate the apple. And that apple caused them you know, to, to, to sin. And he's like, well, no, not exactly. He said, they, they were deceived. The serpent, the, 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 the Satan, told Eve and through into Adam as well that, that if you eat of this good and delicious apple or fruit, whatever it might be, that you would be like God. Sounded really good. And they thought it was the right thing to do, but it caused them to not trust in the Lord, to sin against Him. As the Bible says, through one man, through Satan, all of us have sinned. Boy, it's like, wow, I never thought of it like that. He said, well, you know, a lot of times we think that we're stronger than we really are. We think we're better than we really are. And that's why it's important for us to, to be in the Word so that we will know what to compare our life circumstances to. And that's why it's important for us to be in the church around other believers so that we can encourage each other, can correct each other. We can, we can seek each other's counsel. But he said, ultimately, though, he said, you know, so many people, we... We want advice and how to live a great life. And we, we miss, I think, the true point of, of where wisdom comes, how God speaks to us. Boy's like, okay. He said, you know, I said that for through one man, through Adam, for all have sinned. So yes. But I said, through another man, the, the new and greater. Adam, we can have forgiveness of our sins and have eternal life. It's like, yeah. And he said, you know, for many people, they, it's not till they enter into a crisis before they, they seek the Lord. You know, when things, life is great and everything, they tend to like to take credit for themselves. And, but it's when they, they, they realize that they can't do it, that, that they, they need to trust somebody else. And the good news is that, that the Bible says is that for any who seek the Lord, He will not turn away. And he said, but, but you cannot have wisdom without without having the wise one in you. And it's like, I, I think I'm beginning to see it. And he said, 
You know, it is Jesus who gives life. Not that the enemy, the devil, seeks to kill, to, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus comes so that we can have an abundant life. You want an abundant life, right? Now, absolutely. He says it only comes through Jesus who, who lived the perfect life, made every decision correctly, who, 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 who never made one mistake, who never fell into temptation. No, he, he lived a life you couldn't live. And because of that, he died the death that you deserve. But he defeated sin and death by rising from the dead. And he said, that's where true wisdom comes from. That's the, that's the, 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 the starting uh, point. For the Bible says, what good does it to, to have everything in the world but to lose your soul? The son said, you know, Dad, 12 years old, I really haven't thought about eternity a whole lot. I've got a long time to go. Dad said, well, I pray you do, son. He said, but we are not promised tomorrow. None of us are. And so today is the day that we can start living for Him. So we must remember the starting point of wisdom is, is the fear of the Lord. When we seek Him, He, he speaks to us, speaks through the power of the Holy Spirit that, is, that resides inside of, of us. He said, son, you know, you, you got a pretty good head on your shoulders. And I have a feeling that you're going to have a lot of people start coming to you asking you for advice on certain things. He said, never forget this. Never forget this. Always point other people to Jesus. Always point others to Jesus. Pastor Adam again, thank you for listening to this message. Do you feel God working in your heart? Is He calling you to be saved? Are you ready to follow Jesus? If so, we want to hear from you. Reach out to us on our website at cbcmaysville.com or on our prayer hotline at 305-707-PRAY. That's 305-707-7729. We want to connect with you to send you some free resources to help you to know what it looks like to follow Jesus. And I would love to hear your feedback on our sermon podcast. You can email me personally at adam at adamburton.net. And don't forget both our online church service at cbcmaysville.com and on Facebook, as well as our in-person service every Sunday at 1045. I'll be there and I hope you are too. Well, I look forward to joining you again next week for Central Baptist Church's sermon podcast. God bless.